This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 140. I want to take a moment right now to thank all of my listeners for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio.com, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcasts. So for this week's uh, epi- this episode, as usual on Sundays, I do the latest news and rumors roundup from the big four rumor sites of Canon Rumors, Nikon Rumors, Fuji Rumors, and Sony Alpha Rumors. But before we get into that, I just wanted to make my listeners aware, if you didn't already know, I was recently on the Latitude Photography Podcast with Brett Bergram, who's the host of that show, and we talked about my Forgotten Pieces of Georgia project as well as the first book. So if you'd like to check out that episode, and I highly recommend that you do, as well as subscribe to uh, Brent's podcast as well, I will have a link to episode 109 of the Latitude Photography Podcast in the show notes. So you can check out my interview with Brent on there, and you can also subscribe to his podcast, which is a great podcast, especially if you're into landscape and outdoor photography, travel photography, that's the stuff that he's into, and he is also a guru when it comes to printing your own photos at home and getting fantastic quality. So I highly encourage you to stop on by in your whatever podcasting app you're using and give a subscribe to the Latitude Photography Podcast and check out this past week's episode, which released on Friday, where Brent and I were talking about my project. All right, so for now, let's go ahead and get on over to Canon Rumors and see what they have for us this week. Let's do this! First up, confirmed, a Canon EOS R5C is going to be announced this year. Now, this is a CR3 rumor, which means it's pretty much confirmed from reliable sources. Okay, I reported last week that an EOS R cinema camera would be coming in the future. I have now confirmed this to be true, and we should expect an announcement in late 2021 with availability in early 2022. The camera, which we are calling the EOS R5C, will be equipped with the same image sensor as the EOS R5 and will have all of the same recording options. The big news? It will be a slightly bigger body with active cooling and it will also remain a hybrid camera for stills shooting. The EOS R5C will also come with C-Log2 and there will be more to come as more information comes out on this topic. So this is exciting, and I'm not at all surprised because I knew it was only a matter of time before Canon would start releasing EOS R cinema bodies, and it is great to see that there's a very strong probability that they're going to announce an EOS R5C, as this site is calling it for now, and I generally use the same designations as Canon Rumors because he's generally spot on. Um, So he's predicting that when Canon announces their... Uh, flagship mirrorless full-frame camera for sports later on this year. They'll call it the EOS R1, and I have every reason to believe that is an accurate guess because the current flagship DSLRs are the 1DX line, and it just makes sense that Canon would stick with the 1 designation, so they will probably call it the EOS R1. And likely, this one will be the EOS R5C. The C designation is for cinema camera, 
and EOS R5 because it's going to use the same imaging sensor and other technologies that the R5 that's already on the market has. So I do believe this uh, this rumor is probably super, super accurate and the designation will probably be the official one, but we'll have to wait and see. Next up, new feature firmware coming to the EOS R5 R6 1DX Mark III in the next couple of weeks. Now, this is also a CR3 rumor, which is pretty much confirmed. I have been told that the new features firmware for the Canon EOS R5 R6 and 1DX Mark III is, quote, done, and it will be released in the next couple of weeks. The EOS R5, R6, and 1DX Mark III will all get C-Log3 and new compression for 4K video. The EOS R5 and 1DX Mark III will get a Cinema Raw light option. The addition of 1080p at 120 frames per second will definitely be coming to the EOS R5 as well. As always, with any firmware, a bug could be found that may delay things, but by the sounds of it, the firmware is going to be out to testers and reviewers relatively soon if it has not gone out already. So again, this is some exciting news if you're one of the people that have the EOS R5, R6, or 1DX Mark III. New firmware coming with new features and capabilities, so that always gets me excited. I'm still looking forward to getting my EOS R6. I haven't bought mine yet, but I am hoping to do so within the next few weeks. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited and really looking forward to it. Everything I've seen and heard says it is a fantastic camera. So I am looking forward to picking up mine. Next up, Canon USA launches new instant rebates on non-L prime lenses for EFM, EFS, and the RF mount. Canon USA has launched new and significant instant rebates on a few EFM, EFS, and RF prime lenses. Adorama has also made each of these deals a bundle with filters, cleaners, cases, and other goodies. The Canon EOS R5 or RF 35mm f1.8 IS STM macro is on sale for $399 from its regular price of $499. The Canon EFM 22mm f2 STM is $149 down from $249. And the Canon EFS 24mm f2.8 STM is down to $99 from its regular price of $149. So if you've been thinking about getting any one of these prime lenses, now's the time to pull the trigger when you can get these savings. And if you buy it through Adorama, they have some goodies, freebies that they're going to throw in with your purchase as well. And it never hurts to get free stuff. Next up, Canon's released the XF505 in the second half of 2021. This is another CR3. It looks like NAB 2021 is going to be a big show for Canon as they will be announcing or releasing a bunch of new cinema lenses, possibly the Canon EOS R5C. And now we have been told that Canon will release the Canon XF505. The XF505 will sit between the 405 and the 705 in their lineup. This camera has been rumored for quite some time, and below is the rumored specs. The Canon XF505, same one-inch sensor as the XF705, 12G-SDI output and SD cards, an integrated zoom lens with 15 times zoom, 
and BP-A battery. So more exciting news for those folks that like to use Canon cinema cameras. It looks like you're going to get some awesome new cameras this come, during this year, hopefully before the end of the year. That would be absolutely great. Canon has said in the last couple of weeks that they expect to have all of their production issues resolved by the end of the current month, March 2021, and be back into full full steam production. So we'll have to wait and see if it happens, but I have a feeling if Canon's saying it's going to happen, it's going to happen because they generally don't joke around when it comes to production. Is the EF purge beginning? The EF 200mm F2 LISUSM is now listed as discontinued. It was inevitable, but it looks like Canon is starting to discontinue EF lenses. I was told by Alex at F-Stoppers that the Canon EF 200mm F2 LISUSM is now unlisted or listed as discontinued at various retailers. While it is still listed at Canon USA, the lens is no longer listed at Arama, shown as discontinued at B&H Photo. I will be watching these things closely over the next few months. I suspect a lot of the older and older high-end, high-priced lenses, such as the EF 800-F56-LIS-USM, are on their last legs. Now, recent update, Canon USA has confirmed that the Canon EF 200mm F2-LIS-USM will have service support from Canon until at least December 31, 2027. If parts remain after that date, service will likely continue until their inventory is depleted. So it does look like Canon is getting to the point where they're going to start phasing out their EF glass in favor of their newer, better RF glass for their mirrorless camera bodies. So that is definitely some exciting news. I know some people are going to be bummed out about EF lenses going the way of the dodo bird, but hey, Technology moves forward, and we've got to move forward with it. I've already started buying all RF glass. As a matter of fact, the only EF mount glass I still have is my 28 or my 40 millimeter f 2.8 STM pancake lens because it's an inexpensive lens, and I just freaking absolutely love that little pancake lens. <laughs> I have a lot of fun shooting with that little bugger, and I'm not going to quit using it anytime soon. Next up, patent touch panel on camera lenses. Canon News has uncovered a patent that shows touch panel on the barrel of a lens. The touch panel in this patent would take over for the focus control ring on the lens for autofocus. It is possible that such technology could also be expected to allow you to choose focus points with your thumb on the lens barrel. This is an interesting ergonomic development. From patent 2021043294, a technique described in patent document one is known as a technique in which a user operable touch panel is provided on an interchangeable lens or lens device that can be attached to a camera body. The interchangeable lens described in the patent document one is provided with one or two rectangular touch panels extending in the circumferential direction and focusing or the like is performed by the user operating such panels. So it is interesting to see. I'm a little bit surprised Canon's going to go with touch panels on the barrels of their lenses in the future. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I prefer to have the focus ring. And even on, uh, even though sometimes it can be annoying, I do in many ways like having the aperture ring on my GFX lenses. Um, so I'm not sure how I feel about the touch panel. I know there's been issues with touch controls in the past on cameras. So I have a feeling a lot of people aren't going to like this idea, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. 
Next up, patent fast prime lenses for curved image sensors. Canon has published a patent showing a series of fast prime lenses for camera bodies equipped with a curved sensor. The only way to get the advantages of a curved sensor is to have the lenses dedicated to it. A curved sensor would reduce the complexity and likely size and weight of high-performance lenses. The caveat is that supporting a curved sensor will require each lens to have its own radius to be comparable with the curved image sensor. The following optical designs appear in patent 2019-166711, 35mm f1.0, a 35f1.2, a 35f1.4, 50mm 1.0, 1 1.2, 65 1.2, 85 1.2, 85 1.2, and 100mm f1.2. Can we expect to see a curved sensor system from Canon? Who knows at this point, but both Sony and Canon are working on the technology. Are there enough camera buyers out there to support another mount? And that one, I don't know. I'm not sure people are going to want to get on, on the whole curved sensor bandwagon. Maybe it's the wave of the future, but I don't know. I don't think it's the right time to do it when the RF mount just came out a couple of years ago. I think Canon should just concentrate on their RF glass, load up that roadmap, get everything released, and just blow all the competition out of the water as they have been doing since they originally announced the RF mount back in late 2018. So it is absolutely exciting. Curved image sensor, not sure I'd be a fan of that, but we'll have to wait and see. And finally up from Canon for this week, new Canon cinema lenses coming in 2021, including the first RF mount cinema lenses. This is a CR3. It looks like Canon is going to be busy with their new line of cinema lenses in 2021 with a couple of new lens sets. First up, Canon will be replacing the current compact Syn-Zoom with a new set that covers both S35 and full-frame image sensors. These lenses will work in a similar way to the... Angianics is easy series. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right. And if I'm not, I apologize of cinema lenses, which allow you to change the rear group of elements uh, for either S35 or full frame sensors. These, these lenses will be available in both PL and EF mount. Secondly, Canon will be releasing a Cinema Prime set for the RF mount. A few people have asked about autofocus in lenses, but I don't know what the challenges would be to make such lenses. I haven't heard anything about autofocus coming to this cinema lens line. So it's definitely interesting. Canon preparing to release some new cinema lenses this year in the RF mount. That's absolutely exciting. I hope Black Magic gets uh, on the stick with their pocket cinema cameras because I really want to get one of those to use for my YouTube channel. I don't want to buy the 6K model uh, because I don't shoot in 6K or 4K. I stick with 1080p, but the 6K model is the only one that takes Canon EF mount lenses. I'm really hoping that they soon release a updated pocket cinema camera that'll take my RF glass. Then I would be a super happy camper because I could have one set of RF lenses for both my Canon bodies and my Blackmagic bodies, and that would make me absolutely excited. Okay, and now let's head on over to Nikon Rumors and see what they have for us for this week. First up, LIM leather half cases with dovetail plate for the Nikon Z72 and Z62 cameras now available. The LIM leather half case with the dovetail plate 
uh, are now listed on, for sale on Amazon, including available in black and brown additional information from the product listing. Lim's genuine Italy leather camera half case cover for the Nikon Z7 II and Z6 II are available in black. The customer can change the battery without separation from the case. The aluminum surface is completed as a very sturdy product, product dealt with alumite through uh, through oil confer, uh, corrosion, comma, wear resistance, and light stability. For easy installation of tripod, added removable dovetail plate to the Nikon Z72 and Z62 half case. It makes the half case functional, but keeps the simple design. There is a stick holder on the side for the dovetail plate to attach to the camera strap. These are manufactured in South Korea. And of course, there will be a link to this article along with all the articles in this week's episode in the show notes. So you can check it out for yourself. If you have a Z62 or Z72 and you're interested in a leather half case, it looks like this might be just what you're looking for. So definitely check it out. Next up, Nikon AF-S Nikkor 500mm f5.6 E PF ED VR alphabet soup lens discontinued. I got multiple emails about a recent response from Nikon UK and EU support indicating that the Nikon AF-S Nikkor 500mm f5.6 E is already discontinued. I personally don't believe this is the case since the 500mm f5.6 PE lens is one of the best-selling lenses Nikon ever produced. I really hope this rumor is not true. The Nikon AF-S Nikkor 500mm f5.6 EPF EDVR lens is currently in stock at Amazon US, Camera Canada, Park Camera UK, and Calumet. Denmark. So definitely interesting. We'll have to keep an eye on this story and see if this lens has actually been discontinued by Nikon or if this is just a bogus rumor. Only time will tell, I guess. Next up, new Nikon product announcements coming soon. Based on recent internal presentations, Nikon is rumored to soon announce up to four new lenses, including the new Nikkor Z macro lenses and a new Nikon uh, Nikkor Z pancake lens. See the latest Nikon Z lens roadmap here in this link for more info. I already reported that a new Nikon Z APS-C mirrorless camera is also expected in the first six months of 2021. All this means that we can expect a new Nikon product announcement in the next few weeks, so stay tuned for more details. Now, this is exciting. I hope Nikon is getting ready to drop some new tech, new camera bodies, new lenses. They've got to keep innovating if they're going to stay in the game. They've been hemorrhaging cash for years. They've got to get things turned around so that they stay in business. I really, like I've said before, I've only shot with Nikon cameras on occasion, and I did enjoy using them. They are excellent cameras, so I really hope Nikon can turn things around and not become an extinct camera company. Next up, Nikon USA layoffs. Nikon USA recently had layoffs that mainly impacted NPS staff or Nikon professional services. I do not know the exact number of laid off employees, but I was told it was significant. Update one, it seems that the NPS layoffs happened also in Canada. Update two, Nikon laid off most of NPS this week, as well as people in the marketing department combined with some forced retirements. More than half of NPS is gone, leaving only five staff in the field as opposed to 14 from two years ago. 
So it looks like Nikon is making some more moves to try to trim the fat and make themselves profitable again. Hopefully it works out in the long run. My heart goes out to those folks that lost their jobs. I feel really bad for you. Hopefully you can find something new soon and uh, continue on your positive life journey. Hopefully things work out for you. We'll definitely keep you in our thoughts on this show. Next up, Nikon releases a new uh, new information about support for macOS Big Sur. Nikon updated their Big Sur software compatibility. Here are the details. We are pleased to announce the following regarding the compatibility of our Mac software products with macOS Big Sur. Note a dialog asking whether to allow an application to access files and folders may be displayed the first time it is launched. If this dialog is displayed, click OK each time and you're good to go. Now, this does affect their uh, Nikon Capture NX-D software version 1.6.5 is uh, functional on Intel CPUs as well as Apple Silicon. Compatibility has been achieved and the software runs under Rosetta 2 without any issues on Apple Silicon Macs. View NX-I, including View NX Movie Editor and Nikon Transfer 2 version 1.4.5. Intel and Apple Silicon works perfectly fine under Rosetta 2. Their picture control utility version 2.4.7 is currently undergoing testing for Apple Silicon, but it is fully operational in Big Sur on Intel CPUs. The Nikon Message Center 2 version 2.4.0. We have confirmed there are no problems uh, with basic operation under an Intel processor. We're currently still testing on Apple Silicon. Camera Control Pro 2 version 2.33.1. Intel compatibility has been achieved. Apple Silicon compatibility has been achieved. The software runs fine under Rosetta 2. Wireless Transmission Utility 1.4.9 or 1.9.4, excuse me. We have confirmed that there are no problems with basic operations in Intel. They're currently undergoing testing with Apple Silicon. The IPTC Preset Manager version 1.2.0, we've confirmed no issues on Intel. We're still currently testing on Apple Silicon. The Webcam Utility 1.0.1, compatibility achieved with Intel and compatibility achieved on Apple Silicon when using Rosetta 2. And finally, the NX Studio Software 1.0.0, compatibility has been achieved with Big Sur in Intel and it has been confirmed that the software does run fine under Rosetta 2 on Apple Silicon. So definitely some exciting news from Nikon. They're getting a lot of their software tweaked and modified so it'll run in Big Sur both on Intel CPUs and M1 CPUs, which is exciting news for Canon or Nikon shooters, excuse me. Um, as I mentioned in a previous episode, my wife and I recently switched to the new M1 Mac Mini 2020 models and we absolutely love them. They are so fast, so powerful, and so far, all of our software works just fine on them. Now, I use mine for a wider variety of things than my wife does, but so far, I've had no issues. I had a string of Final Cut plugins that I had bought from a developer, a company, and they didn't work at first when I went to Big Sur on uh Apple Silicon. They had worked fine in in Big Sur on Intel, but I was able to get into support chat, uh, talked with them for a couple of minutes. They gave me a couple of commands to run in the terminal and boom, now all of my plugins work just fine in Apple Silicon Final Cut Pro. So I'm extremely happy because I still have all of my cute little plugins that I can use for my YouTube videos. 
All right, and let's get over to the last article from Nikon Rumors for this week. New Adobe Lightroom CC and Classic versions released with tethered live view for Nikon. This is a beta. Now, uh, Adobe did announce this on March 17th, uh, their March 2021 Lightroom CC and Classic versions. Uh, Adobe Lightroom Classic version 10.2, Lightroom 4.2 March release, Adobe Lightroom iOS version 6.2 and Android version 6.2, Adobe Camera Raw 13, uh, the latest camera support added, the latest lens support added, two new Nikon-related updates. Tethered Live View for Nikon is in beta. We are sharing an early preview of the Tethered Live View feature for Nikon cameras for you to test and try out. We'd love to hear your feedback as we develop and improve this feature for you. When active, the Live View from the camera will appear in a resizable window with the option to rotate the orientation uh, feature focus control buttons will also appear in the tether bar when enabled by the camera and lens settings, including autofocus. Support for Z-Series cameras will be coming soon. New profile for the Apple Pro Raw images. New in Lightroom Desktop and Mobile. Lightroom Desktop and Mobile are now provide a new profile to support Apple Pro Raw images. These images will now be imported using the new profile by default. With this new support, the imported ProRaw images will better match the in-camera experience. So that is absolutely some exciting news from Nikon with these update or uh, Adobe for these updates to accommodate Nikon Z series cameras and Nikon DSLRs with their newest uh, ProRaw profile. That's definitely going to come in handy for a lot of people out there that are actively using Apple Pro Raw for their workflow and their projects. All right, I'm going to take a break right now before we head on over to Fuji Rumors and continue with this week's episode. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. The best way to support the show is to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you want to leave comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can call or text the show at area code 470-294-8191. And you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. You can find the show notes and links at liamphotographypodcast.com. And you can tweet the show at liamphotoatl using the hashtag liamphotopodcast. And now back to the show. And we're back. All right. So let's get on over to Fuji Rumors and see what he has for us this week. First up, $1,000 price drop on Fujifilm GFX 50R ends today and a full list of ex-GFX deals. Now, this is as of March 21st, 2021, so these deals are currently still ongoing as this episode is being recorded and released today. We recently reported about a massive GF lens deal offer exclusive for current Fujifilm GFX 100 owners. In short, you save up to 1,000 euros on GF lenses. Now, usually, Fujifilm Europe moves rather harmonic when it comes to deals, offering the same deals all over Europe, although slight regional differences are always possible. However, so far, I can find the $1,000 euro rebate only on PCH Store. My guess is that it is just a matter of hours or days until the other Fujifilm branches will join. So definitely keep looking at the European Fujifilm Connect promotion pages here to see when the deal is added to other countries. If you are, quote, just a humble Fujifilm GFX100S owner like me, well, we have to be happy with a 
$500 uh, and Euro discount on selected GF lenses that you can see below. In the USA, the Fujifilm GFX 50R saved $1,000 at B&H Photo, Adorama, and Amazon US. The GF 110 F2 saved $500 at the same three retailers and also Focus Camera. The GF 32-64 F4 saved $500 at all four of the same retailers. The GF 45-100 F4 saved $500 at all of the same four retailers. Ends today with the instant rebate. Now, some of them do continue until April 15th. In Europe, you can get the GF45 F2.8, say 500 euros or pounds at Calumet DE, Wex UK, Park UK, and PCH Store. The GF32-64 F4, say 500 or 450 at the same four retailers. And the GF45-100 F4, say $500 or 450 pounds at all four of the same retailers. That ends April 30th. Now, for Capture One, B&H Photo offers a $100 rebate on Capture One 21. You basically get all camera version for the same price as the Fujifilm only version. This offer ends tomorrow, March 22nd. From DxO Labs, starting today until March 28th, you can get 30% off on all DxO software and on the Nike Collection 3. The Nike Collection, Photolab 4 Elite, Film Pack Collection, and the Viewpoint software. The Fujifilm GFX 100S trade-in deal. Some Fujifilm European branches like UK and Italy decided it's time to get rid of your full-frame gear and offer you 450 euros trade-in bonus on top of the trade-in value of your full-frame camera if you purchase the Fujifilm GFX 100S. You can also trade in other medium format gear, full list below, and not only that, if you buy the Fujifilm GFX 100S, you'll get the Fujifilm BC-W235 dual battery charger for free, or a free NP-W235 battery. The deal runs until April 30th. Now, the Fujifilm GFX 100S in the U.S. can be bought at B&H Photo, Amazon U.S., Adorama, Focus Camera, and Moment. Uh, MHG-GFXS hand grip can be bought at B&H Photo, Amazon U.S., and Adorama. In the EU, at Amazon Denmark, Calumet Denmark, Wex UK, Park UK, Amazon UK, and PCH Store. The Fujinon GF 80mm f1.7 in the USA can be bought at B&H Photo, Amazon U.S., Adorama, Focus Camera, and Moment. In the European Union, at Amazon Denmark, Calumet Denmark, Wex UK, Park UK, Amazon UK, and PCH Store. So definitely some exciting news there. These deals on the GF line of cameras and lenses. So if you want to get save some money, you've been thinking about pulling the trigger and going to medium format like I did, now's a good time to do it because you're going to save a substantial amount of money. The GFX 50R or the GF, yeah, the GFX 50R camera that I have is a fantastic camera. And if you can snatch one till the end of today for $1,000 off, that's the time to pull the trigger. Next up, poll. Which Fujifilm system do you own? The Fujifilm team in Japan paid me a few hundred bucks to conduct a marketing research amongst their largest online community, the Fuji Rivers Fellowship, aimed to investigate how many of you actually shoot X-Series or GFX Series cameras. Just kidding. I have never received nor will ever receive a single penny from Fujifilm, so rest assured that Fuji Rumors is and will remain a space 100% independent from Fujifilm. 
The true reason for the survey today is just to satisfy a very personal curiosity. I wondered how many of you guys own X-Series cameras and how many own GFX, or maybe you chose to do it like me and just own both systems. I am waiting for my GFX 100S to arrive. Some might even shoot Fuji plus another brand. Whatever it is, feel free to vote in the survey down below. Because I have the impression things might have changed quite a bit compared to January 2019 when I made a rumor survey or a similar survey, and it turned out that only 3% of Fuji rumors readers actually own GFX cameras. But maybe I am wrong with my impression. The survey below will show that. Important note, if you pre-ordered the GFX 100S as your first GFX camera and just did not get it yet, you can drop your vote as a GFX owner. So you can currently, in the survey, you can select, I own Fujifilm X APS-C system only. I own Fujifilm GFX MF system only. GFX 100S pre-orders are included. I own both the Fujifilm X and the GFX system. I don't own any Fujifilm camera. I own Fujifilm X APS-C system plus other systems, Sony camera, uh, Canon, or etc. I own Fujifilm GFX MF system plus other systems such as Sony and Canon. I own Fujifilm GFX, other systems, Sony and camera, uh, but I do own both Fuji X and GFX. And of course, you can vote in that survey and see what the final numbers will end up being. I'm sure the gentleman that runs Fuji Rumors will post the results in an upcoming article. Next up, epic deal for Fujifilm GFX 100 owners save up to 1,000 euros on GF lenses. The biggest rebate on GF lenses has dropped with one limitation. It's exclusive only for Fujifilm GFX 100 owners. You can save up to 1,000 euros on GFX lenses, including the brand new Fujinon GF80 f1.7. I did look around, but at the time of this post, I can find only... I can find this deal only at PCH store. If you spot it in other countries, feel free to drop a link in the comments below. Usually Fujifilm Europe launches the same deals in most European countries, so I, I'm, not, I'm not surprised to see this deal coming soon. Also to Germany and other countries, so definitely check it out. Also, check out Calumet DE, Wex UK, and Park UK in the next hours and days to see if and when the deal is available there. For the full list of deals in Europe, you can check out Fujifilm-Connect promotions page, which is included in this article, and you can check it out for yourself. So definitely uh, looks like there's some exciting things coming uh, for Fujifilm GFX 100 owners. Unfortunately, I don't own that body. I have the 50R and I'm planning to get the 100S instead. Next up, IRIX 45mm f1.4 lens for Fujifilm GFX review. The IRIX 45 1.4 for Fujifilm GFX was announced last month and is available for order at B&H Photo and Adorama. Now, Piet van den, uh, ND, I have no idea how to pronounce that name, I apologize, uh, received his copy and made an unboxing video below. Also, photogra uh, photography blog shared its review about this lens. Their conclusions, quote, it seems that the design and optical construction are actually identical to the 35mm DSLR version. IRIX have essentially just adapted it for the G mount and added a physical aperture ring in place of the electronic contacts that provide some degree of automation on the DSLR version. This means that the optical construction of this lens only just covers the larger Fuji medium format sensor, which results in rather 
rather severe vignetting that only disappears at f8. There's also plenty of chromatic, uh, chromatic aberrations and flare when shooting directly into the sun, although thankfully Irix promises of less than 1% distortion is at least bore out in practice. It's also not the sharpest lens that we've ever tested. Whilst center sharpness is okay at f1.4 and impressively high throughout most of the rest of the aperture range, edge sharpness is not so good, with the lens requiring you to stop down to f4 to produce its opti optimal sharpness. Despite the rather obvious image quality issues, overall we're inclined to give the IREX 45mm the benefit of the doubt simply because there is no other lens quite like it for the Fujifilm GFX mount camera system. And you can check out the video for yourself in this article in the show notes for today's episode. And last from Fuji rumors for this week, the Meyer Optic Gorlitz Primoplan 58mm f1.92 for Fujifilm X. Here are all of the Meyer Optic Gorlitz for Fujifilm X mount, the Primoplan 58 f1.92, the Primoplan 75 f1.92L, the Trioplan 100mm f2.8 Mark II, the Trioplan 50mm f2.8 Mark II, the Lightest 30mm f3.5 Mark II, and the Primoplan 58mm f1.9 Mark II. I'm not quite sure why they have the Primoplan 58 listed twice in that list. <laughs> ah, it's a little bit confusing, but whatever. I think maybe the guy that runs Fuji Rumors might have been a little bit sleepy when he typed that. Uh, maybe that new baby's been keeping him up at night. All right, and to wrap up this week's episode, let's head on over to Sony Alpha Rumors. First up, rumors Sony will announce the compact 24-40-50mm to FE lenses on March 23rd. A 100% reliable source told me that this trio of compact FE lenses will be announced next week on March 23rd. As you already know, the lenses will be the FE 50mm f2.5G, the 40mm 2.5G, and the 24mm 2.8G. So I guess we'll have to wait and see if these lenses actually are announced in a couple of days. It's hard to tell. Like I've said before, I've warned my listeners, Sony Alpha Rumors accuracy rate on rumors is only about 5, maybe 10% if they're lucky. Now, that's not according to me. That's according to Jared Poland and several other people who keep a closer eye on the world of Sony than I do. Next up, the Sony 50mm f1.2 GM lens review by Lens Tip. Quote, a round of applause for Sony. The Sony 50mm f1.2 GM is available at B&H Photo, Amazon, Adorama, Focus Camera, Photo Koch, Germany, Calumet, Germany, Photo Earnhardt, Park Cameras, UK, and Jessup's. Lens Tip tested the new lens and writes, quote, Like in the case of the Sony FE35 1.4 GM tested by us not so long ago, our summary will be short. It seems Sony is on a winning streak. They managed to launch another outstanding lens on the market. It deserves our Editor's Choice badge just for the way it performs at the maximum relative aperture, but the list of its assets doesn't end there. This list is a really long and impressive list, a round of applause for Sony. Uh, 
Pro's solid and sealed mechanical construction, sensational image quality in the frame center up to the maximum relative aperture, very good image quality on the edge of the APS-C sensor, good image quality on the edge of full frame, properly corrected longitudinal chromatic aberration, slight lateral chromatic aberration, moderate distortion, decent coma correction, moderate vignetting on the APS-C sensor, good performance against bright light, very pleasant out-of-focus areas, quite fast, silent, and accurate autofocus, cons high vignetting on full frame. And there is a link to their video in this article that my listeners can check out for themselves in the show notes. Next up, U.S. readers can now pre-order the Sony 50mm f1.2 GM at Amazon as well. The full pre-order link, Sony 50mm f1.2 GM at B&H Photo, Amazon, Adorama, Focus Camera, Photocots Germany, Calumet Germany, Photo Earnhardt, Park Cameras UK, and Jessup's. DP Review posted the first impressions review of the Sony 50mm f1.2 GM and blows a new hands-on review. And of course, you can check out that DP Review video in this article in the links in the show notes. Next up, coming next week, Sony FE 50mm f2.5 G, FE 40mm 2.5 G, and the FE 24mm f2.8 G. I just mentioned this at the top of this segment. I'm not sure why he's got two articles about the same thing on his site this week. Uh, But those lenses are expected to be announced on March 23rd. This coming Tuesday, we'll have to wait and see if it actually happens. Next up, this award-winning course will help you take better photo shots, now just $39. In an ideal world, you would probably use your alpha for every shot, but when magical light strikes, it's worth remembering you always have a great camera in your pocket. The award-winning iPhotography training helps you to produce amazing work with your smartphone. This 80-hour course normally sells for $849, but you can pick it up Pick up the training today for just $39 in Sony Alpha Rumors Special. Now, this was posted on March 19th, so I'm not sure if it's still available. While a $5,000 mirrorless beast can produce better image quality than any phone, using a less powerful camera can force you to be more creative. This alone explains why artists such as Kevin Rush can make a living from iPhone photography alone. This course from iPhotography is the ultimate resource for any smartphone photographer. Although 18 module or through 18 modules, you'll discover how to take full creative control of your smartphone. Along with video lessons, the course takes you to a complete photography assignments. This means that you can put new knowledge into practice so that it becomes second nature. As a student, you also get a one-on-one mentoring with top professionals and access to a library of useful learning materials. iPhotography even has a private community where students can share work and enter competitions. iPhotography has helped over 90,000 students to improve their skills, and the company is a Fast Growth 50 Award winner. This particular course is CPD and LinkedIn certified, so you can show off your skills to recruiters. Order today for just $39 to get lifetime access to all 80 hours of content at 90% off the full retail price. Warnings, prices are subject to change. And our last article from Sony Alpha Rumors for this week, new images of the new Camlan 32mm f1.1 APS-C E-mount lens. 
The lens was tested. Uh, APS-C email lens. It should be available soon at Amazon. Here are some of their product image shots. And you can check out these images in the article in the show notes. It does look like a very cool and interesting lens, something that probably a lot of Sony shooters are going to be excited to buy and give a try for themselves, especially with the impressive f1.1 maximum aperture. That's just crazy, crazy wide open. Now, I would be leery at how good the image quality is when it's that wide open at f1.1, but hey, who knows? Uh, I'm not familiar with their lenses. I've never used any of their lenses, so who knows? It may be crazy, crazy good at f1.1, but somehow I doubt it. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you are in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com. All right, that is going to wrap up episode 140 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio.com, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcast. Also, want to remind my listeners to stop by the LiamPhotography.net online store if you'd like to purchase a signed copy of the Forgotten Pieces of Georgia, the Northwest Counties. If you'd like to buy an unsigned copy, you can find those at Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. Also, please be kind enough to stop by and check out the Liam Photography YouTube channel and give it a like, subscribe, share out the videos, and hit the little bell icon so you can be notified as new content is released. You can also check out the Forgotten Pieces of Georgia and Forgotten Pieces of Pennsylvania YouTube channels as well. They've been fairly popular, especially the Forgotten Pieces of Pennsylvania. That one's exploded quite a bit since I started it back at the end of 2020, start of 2021, which makes me really excited. It looks like people are really enjoying my two documentary projects on abandoned small business buildings. All right, that is all I have for you this week. I will see you all again in another seven days.